Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to wherever you are. And of course, welcome back or welcome for the very first time to this podcast, the Sports Performance Training Podcast. Uh, in today's episode, we actually go into a bit of discussion about extensive tempo, uh, its role for speed power athletes, predominantly sprinters. Um, but really, why do we do tempo and what is it? Welcome to the Sports Performance Training Podcast with Stu and Aid. Welcome back once again to another edition of the Sports Performance Training Podcast with myself, Stuart Marshall, and my great colleague, Aidan Toomey. How are we doing? How are we doing? We, we you are okay, Stu? Good. We are good. We are good. We are good. We are good. I'm sat here looking out the window and it's about to pour down so apart from that it's all good <laughs> yeah apart from that pathetic fallacy at its best right <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's a, it's a good view i get to look over the over the city but it looks like it's about to absolutely pour down so it's gonna be good but yeah oh so anyway uh since we last chatted what's 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 new with you actually what's what's going on in the world i've not seen you for a bit yeah, so now, um, so not a lot of people know, um, obviously during COVID, furlough money, all of that malarkey. Well, because I'm self-employed, I actually didn't, um, basically, I didn't um, fall into the category where I actually got furlough money from the government for being self-employed, which was very annoying. Um, however, I actually took on a job and it was actually very fulfilling and really interesting. I actually took a job in a care home. Uh, as a care assistant and have thoroughly enjoyed it and now that my clinics are starting to open up again I've been able to reduce my hours so I'm working three 12-hour shifts at the care home and then I'm spending two days in my clinic in Coventry and I'm also doing two days on the road traveling to Manchester, Exeter, Leicester, Bath, London, Loughborough, anywhere else, Northampton. (laughs) Everywhere. Yeah, no so everywhere. So you're, you're, yes, you're you're slowly, slowly now getting back into back into business, really. Back into business, yeah. Do you know what? I, I remember actually when you told me about the 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 job. Um, okay. I think you were just going for the interview because obviously you got to be interviewed. Yeah. And uh, I remember because it threw me a little bit, not because of the fact of the job, but because it reminded me actually that I actually did work in care homes when I was younger myself. Actually, um, I actually worked as an admin um so i did like some like documentation management documentation uh, and then actually became a uh, a project manager within a care company and <laughs> for a short period of time actually managed a couple of care homes how about that oh full circle Stu. full circle yeah it's maybe great. that's the reason why we get on so full, well. cir- full circle what i'm gonna go back into a care home now <laughs> yeah like i get older right <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i'm not that old yet mate I'm not that old yet but no yeah i remember yeah cause it was like oh you know what and a lot of people it's you know what it, it's i absolutely loved it and it's a strange thing but you meet some absolutely crazy characters i mean crazy oh. in a good way people have had absolute fulfilled long long lives and you mm. listen to stories and individual characters and, and nuances of people's life it's just it's just it is it is good and obviously i don't want to say anyone's name but Stu, you'll like this i'm actually looking after a person who played for blackburn rovers oh wicked 
Yeah. I mean, so, so anyone who uh, who knows me knows I'm a Blackburn Rovers fan, um, and I don't know why because, quite frankly, they're absolutely appalling. <laughs> no, they're not, they're not appalling, but they seem to keep like just throwing it away at every opportunity we possibly can, which is which is a bit disappointing. I was really hoping for um, promotion this year, and I'm, oh no, I just realised I actually owe Petch one of our athletes about twenty quid now. We had a, a two <laughs> a two way bet, a, a ten pound bet either way. That you know that um, Coventry City would get promoted. I said they wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. I knew they. I knew they would, but I still had to go against what his thoughts were. And I said that Blackburn would get into the playoffs and get promoted. And of course, we haven't. <laughs> so actually, it's now I just realised. Yeah, I'm massively, massively upset now. Hopefully, he just forgets. <laughs> And for people, obviously, yes, we are. Well, I'm from Coventry. We live in Coventry. We train in Coventry. But Stu is originally from Lancashire, so I am indeed Northern boy, Northern boy. Uh, yeah. Although to be fair, I think now I've actually been down in the Midlands more than half my life. Is that true? So you're, yeah, you're more a Midlands. Yeah. I mean, my accent wouldn't say that sometimes, but although to be fair. I may sound northern to you, but when I go back up to Lancaster, back home, oh my <laughs> days! <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I love it. It's a beautiful place, but yeah, I, sometimes I'm like, what? <laughs> so when people, <laughs> when people question what I'm saying, I'm like, oh my days! <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah. So what's actually gone? And I was just going to say, so what have you actually been up to? Like, you know, oh, what have you been you know doing what? now yeah. that you're settled a bit more now that? the office is back open five days a week i assume well yeah oh, we're completely uh back in i think a lot of people still obviously it's an it uh pr- provider effectively um we still have quite a few people working from home but because obviously we're risk and compliance kind of element then we're completely in um mm. and thankfully now because a lot of recruitment and things are happening a lot of contracts going on so we're getting quite a lot of tender reviews and things like that and uh, a lot of data protection things that are coming through. So, yeah, that's, that's all kicking quite well. But, however, a nice little segue slightly. Um, when we started talking about the podcast originally, when we started the podcast, everyone might be aware that I, I took quite a few online courses um, and some that I'm still taking, actually, uh, that I continue to do. And yeah. I, got really, I got really into it. I got massively, massively into it. So I would still spend like four hours a day. I'd come into my little office and I would go onto an online course, whether it was through um, Exos or the NASM uh, in America, all these little companies who have their own versions of, of co- coaching courses and fitness courses and things like that. And basically, I got so into it that I decided to continue my education professionally. Um, of course you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, might as well commit and for go further, right? So effectively, I will be starting a master's in October um, in sports performance coaching. Oh, no way. Yeah, so that, that's, you know, I thought, you know what, I might as well keep it going. I like it. There's, you know, there's not much else I can really do. Uh, England athletics, you know, the GB coaching stuff is pretty much done. There's not much higher I can do there. Well, there isn't anything. That, there's that, that. Um, all the other qualifications I can possibly think of I have. I thought, mm, what's next actually available within me in a sporting context? Uh, I have no interest in sports science. I have no interest in it. Not to lie. I do have interest in sports science. I study it. I read it. I look at it all the time. But I have got no interest whatsoever <laughs> in doing a degree or a master's degree in that. Not in the slightest. Not in the slightest. But coaching, however, that's a different ballgame. So, yeah, I signed up for that. And, in fact, actually, last week, you know what? Over the past 
18 or so years, I've been on and off with uh, playing guitar and singing in a band. And for yep. the first time on Wednesday, this Wednesday just gone, we had a band practice. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So although, basically, yeah. when we were meant to record our podcast and you said you couldn't make it, you actually had a band practice. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll still, I'll, you know, I'll still, I'll still talking and singing to a microphone. Unfortunately, it was, uh, uh, yeah, it was a Beta Fifty Eight for all oh, you, I like uh, it. for all you geeks out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we had a bit of a practice and rehearsal, and uh, you know, it was good. It was good. I missed it. I miss it so much. Sometimes it's crazy just having a having a guitar and then just playing it and just singing. And we 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 played a couple of the old songs, and uh, yeah. but we mostly just ad libbed just like start playing rubbish and just sing along to whatever we bloody do uh yeah missed it so i think we're going to continue a little bit and maybe just 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 play for the sake of playing to be honest with you no, that, that, casual mm, mm, yeah yeah uh and it just brings the lads back together a little bit and just have a nice yeah. chat and stuff like that but yes yeah, so that, that's that's me actually so yeah effectively uh getting the band back together and well, effectively i'm going back like 20 years <laughs> so like i'm putting the band together and going back to uni so <laughs> you're reliving your 20s yeah what's going on here <laughs> mate i've never i've never left the 20s to be honest with you i've never left yeah, my, 20s. <laughs> my mentality is just never going to leave that that era unfortunately yeah. um uh, I, I, you know what i'm just yeah i'm one of those people i'm gonna be like fonds i think i'm just gonna be stuck yeah. as like <laughs> the 90s were good to you <laughs> <laughs> the 90s you cheeky shit it's the zeros mate noise even <laughs> I was... the noise, yeah. <laughs> say what on earth I am not that <laughs> old. Oh my <laughs> word! Oh, you are, I'm, glad you're, not, I'm glad you're not coming to trade at the moment. <laughs> oh dear! Oh, no. All right, so um, should we get on to the topic <laughs> we we decided to to do this podcast about? <laughs> oh, did we ever decide what we're going to do? Because we just wing it and just change topic on a moment's notice. Anyway, however, yes, we are. Today we're going to talk a little bit about the magical five-letter word tempo. Oh. Yeah, that's right, people. Tempo. Because this is one of those things that uh, uh, actually, <laughs> you know what, I've, it's just come to my mind now, actually, that if you remember last week, we discussed about a, uh, a social media dispute. Um, mm. well, basically, that gentleman um, refuses to acknowledge any version of tempo. Right. Which uh, is strange, isn't it? No version of tempo whatsoever. No, no version of, of that uh, element. Uh Obviously, we know his athletes do do that because they do other stuff. But hey, we're not going to go there, right? Um, so basically, <laughs> we're just going to talk about tempo. But now, we're going to cut this down slightly. So that there's basically going to be uh, three versions of tempo, right? Ooh, is that? There's three versions of tempo. Is that true? Is it true? Is it true? Um, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, to be honest, I think you have to say there is now because traditional we'll, we'll get into it guys but traditionally there was only one set of tempo and then there's been varying versions and different people call it different things and it's basically tempo for different events right well yeah that, that's it so basically if you're a distance runner of any ilk whatsoever tempo is nothing new it's not new at no. all right so that, that's it's one it's a very very fundamental thing i think it, i'm not even sure who coined the term but in my, i just can't think i want to say jack daniels if that's true not the drink unfortunately but the the, the, the coach um <laughs> i, I want to say that that could be completely a lie and if it is people please please correct me because I, I would like to know actually that um but then then you have what has become quite fashionable or since the 80s i guess um is tempo now and then it's been split into two versions of that tempo so we have 
for short power events, let's say. So we have from 800 upwards, you will have tempo, traditional tempo for distance running, um, which is based basically around heart rate and threshold running. And then we will have intensive and extensive tempo, which is traditionally used for power events, track events. Now, those two little nuances of intensive and extensive are just something to discuss and we'll, we'll have a little bit look at that in a second but basically what you need to be aware of and drastically aware of is who the coach is right who they coach because we all say tempo but we mean completely completely <laughs> different things right if i said to my guys go do a tempo run or do a tempo session and they ended up doing a middle distance version i would be mightily mightily upset slash yeah. slash impressed yeah exactly exactly but it's 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 a thing actually most i think most temples actually would uh distance runs might do a 20 minute threshold pace right on the right on that touch of lactate or or vo2 threshold kind of thing now the important bit to let's discuss the, the, the distance running bit first of all and the differences slightly so for a distance runner, as Aidan pointed out, they said, he said the word VO2, right? Distance runners love the marking of VO2. It's yeah. as simple as that, right? So everything is it's a percentage of VO2 or a percentage of heart rate, okay? So when you get the, all these different zones of training, they're usually based around heart rate, okay? So this is where when anyone's reading a training program, you need to be quite aware of what we're talking about. And when someone says, let's say, 60%. Let's just say 60%. We're just going to say 60%, right? Because technically, that's what we're looking at for, for a little bit is 60 to 70%, right? Of what? Heart rate, VO2, because they're different, or we're actually talking about intensity and pace, all right? So it's very, very crucial to be aware of the differences with regards to tempo, all right? So for distance runners, they were always they. <laughs> the discussion revolves around percentage of heart rate or percentage of VO2, which they should have pre-calculated. If they haven't pre-calculated their VO2 pace, yeah. then that's irrelevant because that's you don't know what it is. Um, and that, that does need some kind of uh, uh, sports science. Um, yeah. But predominantly, they'll go off heart rate. Okay, so I'm running at 140 beats. I'm so old. Therefore, I know I'm at 70%. Yeah, exactly. And then the old school guys, when they didn't have a heart rate, it was like, right, my 5K pace is, say, 16 minutes. For a 5K, say if they, you know, just saying. And then they will try and maintain something below that that they believe they can hold for an hour. Like um, speaking to a guy who is part of our club called Bill Adcox, who held the world record for the marathon, right? He, um, he, what was that? I'm not sure. Was it the world record? He held the course record for Athens. Course record. That was it for Athens. I, yeah. I know. I know that's definitely true because I have his book. Yeah. <laughs> Although yeah. now I can't think if it was a world record at the time or not. It might have been a world record at the time, but then no one has then broke his Athens record until until uh, 2004 when it was broke at the Olympic yeah. Games. Yeah. So basically, oh, get us with a distance running knowledge. Oh. I'm telling you, sprints love it all. Um, he he laughed at me because I finished a session. He's like, "What's the matter with you?" And I finished, and he's like, "You're right." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, just finished a tempo session." Kind of walked off, and he went, "Sorry, you just finished a tempo session?" I was like, "Yeah." And he's like, "At what pace?" And I was like, "Well, I just did, I just did 
10 100s and then I had a break and then did 10 more 100s and it with 50 meter, 50 meter walk back and he looked at me like that's not tempo <laughs> and got very angry and he said and then shouted at me telling me no this is tempo running he goes you should be on the floor you should be you should be crawling he's like you should be throwing up right now and uh, yeah I angry that i called it tempo <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it, it's. I think distance runners get. I mean, to be fair, we do a little bit. We sprint. We sprint term. They get really kind of like, hold on a second, you can't use that term. That's one of ours. That's a hard session. Um, yeah. I think. I think now, to be fair, what they call it is. Um, I think it's moving away slightly, and it's becoming uh, functional threshold power. Oh, scientific. Ooh. Yeah, and a bit. Oh, it's a, I can't. I don't even want to go into that to be honest with you. But, but again, it's about. <laughs> Can an, I just an, say something? I now know that you've done band practice this week because you are singing throughout this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's me trying to uh, soften up my vocal cords slightly. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, functional threshold power, effectively. Um, and it's basically the, the key kind of wattage that you can put out for an hour. Cyclists use it a lot, th- that, that term, but there is a the running term for it. It's kind of a mixture of slightly towards the tempo base. Yeah. Um, and effectively, what it's trying to do is push your... Um, your lactate threshold higher so you can work a little bit harder for longer by staying in the aerobic uh part of your of uh the energy systems um so you obviously don't produce as much hydrogen ion that you can't actually keep going but what it also does it helps your body cope and learn how to produce the lactate and use the lactate and the lactate shuttle um more effectively so actually it's actually really really useful um and, and I'm going to just mention that ever so slightly. Click on a, I'm going to mention it again, right? So what normal tempo running for distance runners is trying to push the envelope of your lactate shuttle. All right. So using that more effectively, more efficiently, and more useful economy-wise, right? So yeah. that's distance running. Now then, let's go into power events or sprinters. Right? So we've got, as I said before, we've got two two levels of tempo, intensive and extensive. Now then, people, I'm going to really upset you. Because we're not going to talk about intensive tempo, right? Oh. Intensive tempo is another day because that is a podcast in itself, and I want yeah, to. Let's be I want this discussion because intensive tempo gets such a bad rap and it gets such a discussion, and there's so many people who go, "I don't do it, I don't do it." Oh, good for you. Okay, well done. But so we're going to leave that just to the side <laughs> for another day. So we're going to talk about extensive pod, extensive podcast, extensive tempo, <laughs> extensive tempo, right? But what is extensive tempo? Now, we spoke earlier about uh, heart rate. Now we're going to go off, because we're speed-orientated athletes, if we were to go off heart rate, we would never do anything. <laughs> yeah. Because our heart rate does not lift high enough. Right? It might do over time, but if you're doing tempo session, your tempo session is done in 10 minutes. You yeah. Know, or give or take. You know, So your heart rate will start rising towards the end, but that's not what it's there for. Um, so effectively... And I mentioned about the 80s because I'm just going to go back a little bit. Now, I'm not saying it wasn't done beforehand. I'm not saying that whatsoever. All I'm saying is it was popularized. I've just turned a sheet of paper over here because... <laughs> well, you've prepared I, with this today. Wow. <laughs> no, I just put up this one paper because I found a paper. Um, and it's actually from one of my... Um, here it is. Mr. Charlie Francis. Okay. Oh. Um, and it's that polarizing training. Okay, so obviously back in the day or even now, you get people who only do polarized training, which is basically yeah. we only ever run above 95% or below 75%. Nothing in between, which is what we discussed. There, but the bit in between would be classed as intensive tempo, right? 
And you get these these coaches, athletes, whatever now, who will do only do polarized training. And polarized training is perfectly fine at particular points in the year. Not going to dispute it, whatever, right? It depends on your training event as well. But basically, the whole point is of anything above ninety five percent is classes. You know, real speed. You're working the mechanics. You're working the same energy systems as your actual event or whatever distances you're doing, and therefore that's crucial. The seventy five percent, however, is mm. classed as extensive tempo. Well, there you go. Charlie Francis says so. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that that term has then been kind of stolen or used ever since, effectively. Really. Now, so here's the here's the kicker, right? Why do it? Yeah. Why do it? Why do it? Why 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 do extensive tempo? What is the real reason for extensive tempo? Right now, so here we go. Exactly what I mentioned previously about for the distance runners. Right, it's about pushing the envelope slightly of the lactate shuttle. Right now, seventy five percent is actually quite slow for a sprinter. Right. Yeah. It is effectively. Let's say if you're a hundred meter runner in ten seconds. So 75% it's going to be about 16 to 17 seconds, right? Yeah. And the way a tempo session is done for a sprinter is in short runs, effectively, maybe eight times 100, you know, two times eight times 100, yeah? That would be classed as a tempo session, or it could be, you know, you know 10 times 200 but at the same kind of 75% pace. Now, it's not fast. It's not fast at all. However, no. here's a kicker for you. If you were to run a tempo pace properly, and then try to maintain that for 20 minutes. How fast do you think that would be? Yeah, too fast, you know? right? It's fast, right? It's fast. It's it's that yeah. is that's now pushing what you would class as a tempo run for a distance runner. So it's yeah, not yeah, really yeah, right. it's not really much difference, right? The only difference is we're not really pushing our bodies longer, uh, longer, long enough for it to actually count in the same remit. But we're still going because we're doing the stop and start part of it. We're working our running mechanics. Uh, our heart rate does slowly get up. We're still actually starting to push that threshold mechanically and physiologically. The heart rate isn't rising. The heart rate doesn't rise till much later. However, the shuttle, the energy systems are still having to push around the same almost threshold that we require it to be depending on how short the the rep is so yeah. we're doing pretty much the exact same kind of thing we're still trying to work our energy system developments ever so slightly up right but because we're doing it short short distances it's quite easy it's not really taxing us that physically we're actually now using it to drill our mechanics yeah using it to improve our technique right because we're just using the same running pattern instilling it over and over and over again yeah and kind of instilling resilience to that mechanic right so absolutely yeah, yeah. we're dying at the last hundred of a 400 no not exactly you and can this make is, yeah. technique this is the thing right so if you if you're doing polarized training you've got 95 percent plus how many reps do you think you can do at 95 percent plus Give me 20 minutes between each rep. <laughs> yeah, so you got maybe, what? Maybe three? <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe three. So it's max effort, right? So we're talking CNS system is getting battered, right? So yeah. now we need another element of mechanics, right? How can we instill mechanics? Remember, rep repetition, correct yeah. practice, obviously, it's obviously becomes more solid. So we use tempo to do so. And therefore, we're repeating the same action over and over and over and over again. And if it's done correctly, which is what a coach should be there for to do, and point in the right directions for the slight front side mechanical bias, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, it becomes second nature because it's a repetitive motion. Yeah. And because, of course, we are moving, we're recovering. 
right? The whole thing about this uh, tempo again is it's a recovery element, to, again, secondary. So we've got the energy system bias that we are still working, whether you think about it or not, we actually are. The second yeah. part is then because we're, no, I'm sorry, second part is the mechanical uh, improvement that we're getting from it because we're repeating the same exercise over and over again, but at a much lower intensity. So we're able to do more volume. The third part, of course, is um, recovery, blood flow. Yeah. The, yeah. One of the one of the biggest ways to recover from a training session is to move. <laughs> you know, if you have DOMS, it doesn't matter. You can get a massage all you want. You can, yeah. you know, you can take as much protein as you want. But the the well, apart from sleep, let's not neglect sleep. But the next best thing you can do is just move physically. Move. Yeah. Let the tissues go through ranges of motion. Get the blood flow pumping and the heart rate moving. And therefore, you've got an extra bit of recovery. So that's what tempo is there for for sprinters, right? So you're instilling them a little bit of energy system training without having to do much at all. Mechanical yeah. improvement and recovery. Well, yeah, Stuart, I was just kind of working out in my head. So say if you're doing 100-meter tempo runs, yeah? Yep. And say, like we do, 50-meter walk back, so what's that, like a 30-second walk back? Yeah, approximately, approximately. Yeah, no, it can be oh. 30 to 45 seconds, yeah. Yeah. Okay, and say you're doing 15-second 100s. Let's say that, yeah? Oh, you'd be a bit slower than that. So a bit slower. So what would you be aiming at? No, we're talking about 17 to 18. So 17... Let's go Let's go. 17 seconds, yeah? Yeah. Uh, let me work that out. Times that by 10. Oh, God, now, now I've got to do maths now. What are you, trying, what are you trying to work it. out? What are you trying to work out? Well, well this is just exactly a one, what... A 1K? Yeah, so actually how fast you would run that 1K, right? Oh, you're killing me now. It'd be 1.8 so for, for 400. Uh, 2.16 for 8. Yeah. Yee! My map has got, what, 240, 250? About 2... Oh, actually, oh, I two... about, so Approximately 250 to 3 minute K. Yeah. Not bad, is it? That's not bad for a, for a sprinter. You know? It's not at all, is it? <laughs> Let's just let's call it three k, uh, three minute a kilometer, right? That's that's pretty good going. Now, so that is pretty much our tempo pace. So mm. we're working that in system. We're putting the mechanics in. We're putting the work in. Now here's the kicker, right? Another reason why tempo is in. Tempo is a modulator, right? right. Tempo is tempo is. So if you're doing ninety five percent work all the time for your speed work, right? The reality is you're going to peak very, very quickly. Yeah, yeah. Right? So yes, so, you will adapt. So say you're doing a speed session, yep. let's say twice a week yep. for 10 weeks, you're going to peak very, very quickly, right? Yeah, You, if you plot your times on, let's say you're doing the same session, <laughs> right, over and over <laughs> and over and over again. Um, mm -hmm. If you put that on a curve from the start to the end, it would go spike, flatten. Yeah, look like a little bit like an acceleration chart. Yeah, yeah, goes up quite quick and then would kind of plateau, plateau, plateau. Uh, plateau. You might get, yeah, plateau. you might get a slight kick. You might get, it might still slowly rise, or it might even go down, right? Because now you're overdoing it. Okay. Yeah. So not a problem, but you're peaking, right? Now then, by adding this workload, this extra stimulus, this extra stress to the body. You're modulating that. You're bringing your peak down. You're not allowing the body to be 100% all the time. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So 
this is how you stop. So this is how you can get away with a, uh, I said about to say bipolar, um, with a polar, <laughs> with a polarized trading platform. That's why you want it. If you only, if you claim to only ever do ninety five percent above, right? You, your guys will within six weeks, they're done. That'll be their time. They won't improve, right? You have to do something different. You have to then come out of it and go back into it or do something. You'll have to go through like a bondachuk kind of scheme and then come out of it slightly and go back into it and repeat and repeat and repeat. Again, not impossible, not impossible, right? But you can modulate that because let's be honest now, if you're just doing the exact same thing all the time for a, a track event, you, you're not really going to go very far anyway. But by using tempo and varying amounts of tempo, varying of different amount of running throughout the, the season or whatever, or the, the, the GPP, and throughout the year, you're modulating how much peak they have. So let's say we, we, we add two tempo sessions a week, right? Yeah. But you're going to sprint the rest of the week, the two or three sessions, right? And yeah. you're, let's say we'll just do 30 meter fly, and you're maxed now at three dead, three seconds. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's all you can top out at, but you're still doing tempo. Now, the truth, so you, we've modulated that. And if we can, you're, you're pushing your body, right? After a while, we'll then reduce to one tempo session. Now, what should happen and what does happen, not even should, does, that give it a week or two because you've got a little bit of a lull to get all the fatigue out of your body. Because you know, You've got a half-life yeah. of what that yeah. training coach is doing. Perfect, half-life, right? Then we'll drop down to a 2.9, 2.92, 2.93, whatever, whatever, right? Then when we remove tempo completely, which is now the bulk of the season, this is a bit we'll bang in. Right? You haven't yeah. really changed much of your training because you're doing the 95% plus. We've removed all the tempo. There's no more modulation. So the body can now go boom. It can super compensate from the load. Now we drop into the two, two sevens, two eights, whatever we drop into. Right? So that's what tempo is actually is there added for to modulate, take away the peak of the actual max efforts. Right. Okay. Well, that makes sense. That To me, that just makes sense. So if you're if you're short on time, and say you can get two max speed sessions out a week and a tempo session, or you know you can only get three sessions running, and that's all you can get in because your lifestyle choice. Um, hence me, what I've been doing recently uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is basically is that you know I'm basically doing a polarized training sessions at the moment. You know, yeah, yeah. If you've got if you've got, limit, tempo, if you've got limited availability to hit a track mm. or whatever, yeah, then when you do have chance, hit it. 95%. I mean, obviously, yeah. we're saying about injury prevention, make sure you're acclimatized, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. But the reality is, yeah. So use your plan. Your I've only got a chance to do this, this, and this. Effectively, I've only got an hour, or not an hour, because now it's quite short, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. Do what I need to do. I'm going to hit my intensity away from the track or away from whatever. I can actually, I can go to a local football pitch. I can do whatever. I can. Remember, tempo doesn't have to be actual running as well all the time. You know, you can get away with just doing, and I don't want to do inverted commas, cardio. Um, but you're adding an element of other uh, lower intensity part of it, which is there as a load. It's there deliberately to help modulate the peak. Yeah, yeah, no, totally, totally see that now. Yeah, and that's that's effectively what we're what you what you're doing tempo for um, in regards to for speed events. Effectively, you're trying to kind of push um, the engine systems up, so like the aerobic base, um, mm-hmm. which itself improves the aerobic capacity, and then improves your ability for the sub threshold and pushes that threshold just ever slightly up so we're improving those bits the mechanical element of repeating a running action over and over and over again so this is important people when doing tempo right tempo is not a bum shuffle and it's not a jog 
yeah for, for either athlete if you're a distance runner think about your mechanics right because that's what you're really trying to engage your mechanics in because that's what you really really want and same thing for a power athlete it's mechanics while doing a tempo session if you're, if you're doing a running version of tempo session right we don't really and, want to do bike sessions or anything like that. You really want that's just a normal modulator. But you, for the mechanical element, it's running. You're doing some kind of uh, mimicked running action. And Stu, would action. you say that's kind of the difference between doing a tempo as a, an extensive tempo as a sprinter and doing steady state as a sprinter? So using steady state to stay fit or increase that load, kind of steady state's all around the heart rate, right? And you don't necessarily focus on technique. Well, absolutely, yeah. If if you, if you at any point you were to use a steady state running um, for for any kind of track athlete together, you're not really thinking about that much. You're just thinking about aerobic development. That's the only element we're really kind of looking at. Yeah, yeah. maybe a little bit of weight loss, uh, so body composition. And actually, you know, I completely forgot about that. Again, a great element of tempo, right? Is if you if you're doing stop start, your epoch is going to be slightly raised. So your uh, oxygen post oxygen. Uh, exercise post-oxygen consumption um mm. it's going to be slightly raised because you're stopping and starting stopping and starting the body doesn't like stopping and starting too often so it stresses yeah. the body quite a bit so it, therefore it, again this is why the heart rate does go up eventually throughout the session and you start pushing your systems up because it's it's stress um you're actually burning more calories yeah, yeah. so it's good for a body composition thing again if you're only doing two or three reps at 95 percent you're not doing really a massive amount, are you, to, to kind of lose weight or to keep the weight off as such. Not that you should have to. I'm not going to go into that discussion. No. But, but you can use tempo rather than a long run to actually help do that. And uh, that works. And, you know, so you don't always need steady state. The, the steady state's there for certain reasons and can be used and played with and should be part of every coach's tool at some point for whatever reason. Um but most of the benefits we actually want from a speed path that can be done through um, through tempo, Amazing. extensive extensive tempo, extensive tempo. Yeah, extensive. So hopefully we've kind of cleared that up for the distance runners and the sprinters, and maybe a few people have actually learned something that they never heard of before, and actually go, hey, maybe I should throw that in because my guys peak really early in the season. Yeah, no, and it's, it's have exactly nowhere else to go. You know that that's that's exactly it. You know, it's all right claiming we only do this. Uh, I'm not going to go into, but you know, there's still people coaching in the UK as well who don't understand tempo that much and the timing of tempo. If you remove tempo too early, the peaks in, right? We're, we're, we're in, right? And you've got to use tempo sparingly but correctly to instill mechanics, develop the aerobic system properly, and uh, the slight thresholds. Um, work 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 it you know work it not twerk it uh, and uh, and just understand the timings of it in order to peak your athletes and as this podcast is aimed at developing coaches obviously developing coaches look as a developing coach you're going to struggle with periodization on trying to allow your athlete to peak for the right event to mm. peak british champs or whatever it is you know english schools whatever you're looking at um the olympics you know sometimes this is a real simple way of actually being able to control that peak and just knowing, okay, we're doing it twice a week this week and we're doing it, you know, 10, 10 by 100, whatever. And then when we're reducing the peak, you go down to one day a week or you might keep it at two, but you're just reducing it down to five. No, exactly, exactly. And, 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 and there's another thing that as well, actually, for developing athletes and coaches, you know, they've discussed um, 95%, that's fine. 
remember if you're depending on the age of your athletes if they're doing pe or phys ed or whatever at school or games or football or whatever that almost classes as their tempo yeah right so that's 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 their element away from the track that keeps them that gives them their little bit of workload right which means you don't have to worry about that stuff you can now just do the 95 cent plus yeah so if you're if they're doing say two days a week playing football or you know football and something else then actually they get that chance to push their body with you and then once that stops and the track season is in full flow they're peaked and they're ready to go yeah and again just be aware of that be aware of what you're again linking from last week be aware of what your athlete does away from you helps you dictate what you need to do yeah and so, you know and again so as your athletes get older and they're no longer have their sports sessions as it were if they're becoming more full-time athlete then that's when you actually need to consider actually i need to probably assign this person some tempo if all i'm ever going to do is the 95 percent stuff which in theory is what you should be doing anyway um to some degree um then yeah you need to start thinking about the tempo element because you just they're not going to have anywhere they've got nowhere else to go you've maxed out the capabilities of all this fast hard stuff um just use tempo simple 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 i love it yeah all right brilliant right, well uh thank you once again aiden and i shall speak to you next time on the yeah. spt podcast thank you very much or hopefully i'll speak to you in person actually <laughs> hopefully <laughs> yeah well now we're getting a bit more settled anyway uh so thanks everyone and that is tempo next time or maybe not next time but at some point we will go into the dreaded world of intensive tempo <laughs> Love it. All right, Stu. Bye. See Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sports Performance Training Podcast. If you like it, please give us a subscribe and share amongst your friends or anything like that. And of course, give us a positive review. Uh, we really appreciate that. And we will see you next time for another edition of the Sports Performance Training Podcast.